name is Elena Gunther and I've been attending FBC for seven years. I first heard about the church through my best friend Kirsten Miller and so she um, brought me into the church. It was very new. I'd never been to church before aside from like visiting like a Catholic church with like my family and um, like distant family members so um, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I remember enjoying the sermons. Um, I liked the music. I was surprised that the church had good music and it was developing my relationship with Christ. It's just a very genuine church. Well, I want a church that's not fake or the people are actually doing something. It's really nice to be able to brag about FBC and be like, well, they are very nice. You will belong there, like no matter who you are. And like, we are doing something. We're always doing something. And if we're not, we're always looking to what we can do. Marshall is a very interesting town when it comes to trying to get things for young people. Uh, to really plug into and get involved with. I know I've heard, you know, at the Welcome Center with, you know, young couples move to town and they're just kind of by themselves because they don't have that place to go and connect with people. The only option is usually like after work and, you know, is the bars and, you know, going downtown, having a drink, which can lead to many. And I used to be in that scene. Um, I mean, when I turned 21, I thought that's what I, that's what I do. That's what you're supposed to do. It's supposed to do. And it's like, um, I was in that for a while, so it's um, crazy to see like how easy it is because it seems like, oh, well, there's nothing else to do, so let's go hang out at, you know, somewhere downtown and have a drink, and then next thing you know, you're there till like two in the morning, and it's like, okay, this got a little bit out of hand. How can we partner with God to reach these young people in Marshall and providing an alternative is so big for me because like I've been there, I've experienced it. like. It's been a really big life change for me. It feels like now FBC has a like a growing population of like young adults that are like 20ish range and which is really cool and I'm trying to reach out to those people and welcome them how I was welcomed. So yeah, I think that would be awesome to have more space. Um, also, I think um, people are like our age are more hesitant to go into new places so, I think like, you know, better signage and more open space, being able to know like, okay, that's the sanctuary, that's where I need to go. Instead of being kind of turned around in the hallways and not really knowing what way you're supposed to go or knowing that there's a youth sanctuary and a regular sanctuary. So, um, you know, just having that really laid out, I think would make people feel more comfortable when they come in the building. Um, and that would, you know, Definitely, like the comfort level is a huge thing when you start attending church. If you're not comfortable, you're probably not going to come back. <laughs> I'm excited to see what God does with um, just everything that's going on right now um, with like the rooted groups and uh, the different sermon series that seem to really be focusing on, um, you know, having a one. And, and I'm excited to see those ones start to come to church. That's what I'm really excited about is to see our numbers grow. Um, not for FBC or anything in our benefit, but to know that people are coming to Christ in our town. So, and I'm really excited about, you know, the possibilities with using the union or, um, you know, new building space. Like we will have the capacity to cater like to the needs of our community. Good morning. So glad to see you all here. Uh, thanks for joining us online as well. My name is Chris, one of the pastors and I got to say, after listening to Sarah and Emily, like, I'm ready to go serve in VBS in the nursery, and uh, I, I'm, I'm pumped for uh, that. And it's been a heart for so many for so long to really 
invest early on, as Sarah was speaking, and to do it throughout all of our kids' ages. And so, uh, so thank you for being a part. Thank you for the investment uh, that so many of you have made and will still make in the kids' lives. It's, uh, God's doing a great, great work uh, in so many different areas. So last Sunday, how many of you were here? Show of hands. All right, lots of you here. For those of you that were not here, you either missed out big time or you can be really thankful that you weren't here because we were in the round. I was standing right in the middle over there and all the chairs were around and some people just felt a little uncomfortable being that close to me as I'm walking around or just you got dizzy as I circled around in there, whatever it may be. But we had an awesome Sunday. So thankful, uh, such a blessing to see so many people come forward. It was our Commitment Sunday. We'd been building toward Commitment Sunday since we started talking about the Forward Initiative. And, uh, and I want to tell you, we're going to give you the numbers next week of the number of ones and uh, the financial commitment. Uh, but I want to tell you this morning that over 100 households uh, committed last week. And uh, we're expecting even more today and this week that's coming up. And my dream is that 100% of our church would participate. And, uh, uh, and that was, that's something I'm, I'm going to keep praying towards. And so today I want to remind you that you can still commit. Uh, there are cards that are up front here by these baskets that you can grab and, uh, and turn in and write down who is your one, who's the first name of your one, that person you're praying for, walking with, um, uh, that's not walking with Jesus. And also your financial commitment is what is that going to look like uh, for that. And so um, these doors over here too, uh, there's a basket and commitment cards. There's commitment cards scattered around the church. just encourage you to grab one of those and to put them in uh, one of the baskets here this morning. And you can also, during the week, go online and commit, uh, or you can drop off your card this week. But we want to make sure that you are all counted uh, before next Sunday when we celebrate. Uh, next Sunday is going to be a great service. We're going to uh, celebrate the number ones, the financial commitment. Uh, God's going to do, uh, continue to do a great thing here. And the last thing I want to say about the Forward Initiative right now is that uh, next Sunday, if you have uh, pledged a uh, catalyst gift or a first fruits gift, something that you want to lead with uh, before we jump into the, the um, three years of, of, of commitment there, we're going to have baskets and we're going to have part of the service that we can give that first lead gift uh, toward it. And we're also going to have our kids. Uh, parents, when you get the flyer, it's going to mention this on there. We're also going to have the kids come in and, uh, and share some of their offering uh, that they're going to be giving towards it too. And so it's just going to be a great Sunday together, and we are looking forward to sharing that next week. But today, what we're going to do um, is we are going to jump into Ephesians chapter 3. And while you're turning there, <clears throat> I will make one more comment, is that uh, it's been really neat to see. We're not just um, dreaming about the future and planning towards the future. God is doing work right now, that there is fruit that's coming from this season I've had at least four people tell me that their ones have received Christ in this season right now, that they have led their, their ones to Christ. And so absolutely, give that round of applause. And there is an intentionality like I have not seen in a long time of people telling me that they're praying for someone, that they're investing and encouraging them. Um, it's just so uh, encouraging to see that. And two, just to point out the tree there, if you're new with us or you're wondering what this may be about, each bulb represents a life. And this year, this calendar year, I think there's 19 or 20 bulbs that are lit on that tree that represents uh, people who have rededicated their life to Christ 
or have uh, committed their life to Christ that are now walking with Jesus that had not been walking before this year. And so we want to continue to celebrate that. And, and I know that's not everyone because I know there's some of you sitting in this room um, that I know have rededicated your life and have received Christ for the first time. Um, you've not yet uh, turned a bulb. And, uh, and I encourage you uh, at some point, uh, maybe that's today or maybe that's a future day that you're going to do that uh, so we can celebrate with you. So Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to start in uh, a little later in the letter of what Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and we're going to catch the tail end of a prayer that he's praying and jump into some instruction. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and this is what Paul wrote. He said, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So he starts with this prayer. And I love this phrase that he uses in verse 20 is immeasurably more. He has this phrase here where he's saying, now to God, creator of the universe, he can do immeasurably more than anything we ask or anything we imagine. I mean, think of all the things that you could ask God for today, or maybe that you have asked God for. God can do immeasurably more than that. Think of all that you can imagine, all that you can dream up, all that you can uh, ponder. God can do immeasurably more than that. Think of all the good things. God can do immeasurably more than that. So often we can limit God to just the way we see him or the way that he has, we've perceived him to work around us. Just this morning I was speaking with someone before service who was just talking about how, how we can give God praise for the smallest things in life and these things that we can't even imagine. God is constantly working and there are blessings all around us to the God that can do more, immeasurably more. It's for his glory and when does he do this immeasurably more? Well, he's done it in the past. He's actively doing it. And he'll do it in the future. And we lean into this God. We get to participate along with this God. Paul continues the teaching this way. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord. Let's just pause here because you may read these words in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord. And go like, wait a second. Like, I'm, I'm held against my will like this is, I'm being forced. Is this what Paul's communicating? What Paul's communicating here is he's using the word that really means to be bound to the Lord. Like he's just saying, like, I am captive. I am making this choice because of what God has done for me. I am so bound to the Lord. He's like, I'm just there. And so there's this choice that he's making. And he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. So as one who your sins have been paid for, Jesus went to the cross. As one who is adopted into the family of God, who is beloved, who is a child of God, this is the calling that you get to walk in. This is a high calling you get to choose to be a part of. Now every single one of us can say, no, thank you. Jesus still died for your sins, but you can say, no, thank you. I mean, it's like a gift someone wants to give to you. They've done it. They've purchased it. It's here for you. You can say, no thanks, I'm good. Or you can receive that. What Jesus has done. 
this reception of a gift. And in the first two chapters, if we were to go back and to read what Paul had to say, he would tell us and remind us of how we were dead in our sin, how we were separated from God, how we were lost. Uh, it uses phrase like we follow, phrases like we followed the world, ways of the world. We were disobedient. We gratified the flesh. We deserved wrath. But God, by his grace, he saved us. And our response to what he had done is that faith, that receiving that gift by faith. This is what Paul is painting in these first two chapters, and that he calls us we're reconciled to God when we receive that gift. We get to participate and live in this high calling. And so this is the high calling here. Verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. How many of you perfectly lived that out this week? You are completely humble, gentle, patient, and you bore with everyone in perfect love. I'm not really raising my hands. Let me put mine down. Right, right. So there's this calling, this calling that we're called to, and we're like, I want to do those things. I want to be humble. I want to be gentle and patient and bear with one another in love. So this is our calling. And then in verse 3, it says, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So there's something going on in verse 3 here that helps us do verse 2. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So there's this unifying reality that creates this peace. And again, this peace is Jesus from death to life, from flesh, which we struggle with, to the Spirit of God moving in us. Like our flesh says, no way. Don't be humble. Don't be gentle. Don't be patient. You don't have to love. Get what you deserve. Do what you want. Do what feels good. It's this movement of flesh to spirit. And it's this movement from being separated from God by sin to being reconciled to God through Jesus. Last week, I shared from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and Paul very clearly talked about the temple, the body of Christ, and talked about how we're all part of the church and had very clear instruction of what that means for us as the church. And here, once again, Paul in verse 4 is saying this. There is one body, one spirit. And just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is a very clear, theologically, doctrinally sound statement here of there's one spirit, one father, one way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And the church, the head of the church is Jesus. And so we center upon Jesus. We center upon his life, his death, his resurrection. And unity is found in Jesus. And Paul, what he does is he points to this saying, this is maturity. Church, if you want to be mature, you move towards this unity in Jesus. You may think differently than others. You may act differently than others. You look different than others. But you, this unity is found in Jesus. And this unity is important. Again, not uniformity. This unity is important in Jesus because the ideal is for the world to look at the church and be like, wow, they've got it together. Wow, they're really unified. They, they love one another. They care for one another. They're forgiving towards one another. They're meeting needs. They're humble. 
we all know that we struggle with those things. We all know that the church is not perfect. But the church, you, us, me, we can be quick to forgive. We can humble ourselves when we have sinned, when we have done wrong. We can work to be reconciled, again, pointing to Jesus and leaning upon Jesus. This is Jesus' heart, that the church would be one. That's why Paul firmly warns against those who divide in the church. Paul prayed, now to him, this is where our power is, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So we ask and we imagine what it means to be a church that lives these things out. It's him that does immeasurably more. Those moments where we step back and go like, wow, God did a work there. God was just present and I was just available and, and I'm here, but God did a work. I just said yes. God used me, whatever that looks like. And there was a work that was unfolding around me. It says, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, for those of you that attended a vision gathering the last couple of weeks, you heard me say this, and I feel like I've said this probably 10 to 15 times, so everything has become a blur. So, so just, just feel like you're hearing this once again for the first time, if you've heard this already. Is that, I remember sitting with pastors, and they asked this question of, if your church closed its doors, would anyone notice? I think you guys would notice because you're here, right? Like, you all know. But really, that was a real missional question of, would the community know? Would, would there be a difference? Would there be a feel? And that question has always bothered me, and I've always thought about that. But I also started thinking along the lines recently here, is what if our church never opened its doors? What if almost 40 years ago, Family Altar Chapel in Battle Creek, they said, no, nah, Marshall has enough churches. We don't need to go to Marshall. They're fine. How would your life be different? Well, we wouldn't be here this morning. That's one thing for sure. Or if Pastor and Pam had said, no, we're good, we're comfortable, we're not coming here. How would your life be different? How would mine? How would others? What if early families did not commit and invest with their time, their treasure, their talents? What if ministries weren't started for kids, for adults, for students, for care, whatever it may be, for missions? What if various ministries and mission projects were never done? How would your life be different? If there weren't steps of faith and sacrifice in the church being called to, to ask and imagine and, and God to do immeasurably more, how different would your life be? Today you heard Elena's story, how Kirsten invited Elena, changed Elena's life. We heard from Pastor and Pam and Jose and Randy and Janine and Jessica of the impact that God has been doing in their life for his glory through what's been going on here. And I think of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who throughout the years have walked through these doors, who have met Jesus here, who have grown as disciples, who have been healed from hurt, who have found community, whose lives have been changed. It's not for our glory, it's for God's glory. I think of how, as a ninth grader, our family moved to Marshall, to a new community. We left everything we knew. 
And I remember at that point in my life of growing up in the church, knowing Bible stories, knowing what it meant to be a good moral person, I was tired of church because it wasn't living and active in my freshman mind and life. And when we stepped foot into this place, there was a youth pastor who grabbed me up and a youth leader who grabbed me up and friends that all of a sudden I started going like, there's something more to faith. There's something more to Jesus. And I started to grow. And my life was forever changed because this church had a youth group and a youth pastor and someone who cared for me. And I wonder how your life has been impacted and changed. Because God has done immeasurably more than anyone so many years ago when we first came here could imagine. And so I pose that question to you today. Is how, how has your life or the life of your family been impacted by God working in and through the church? And this is not for the church's glory or a pat on the back. This is for God's glory. So how has your life or your family's life been impacted by God working in and through FBC? So what I want to do for a few minutes here is have you answer that question. So Nick has, uh, actually I have both mics here. Nick will have a mic. And I'm going to have one too. And ask that you would take a moment and you'd share. Share a brief story of how your life has been impacted or changed, what God has done. Um, so who's going to go first? Tamara. You can hop right up too. Nick's on the other side of the room for the next person. Well, I've been a Christian. Is this working? Ooh. Okay. Yep. I've been a Christian for a long time, and I've been to different churches. And um, for here, for me, is um, I want to just not do anything. And God tells me, you, you need to serve. You've heard the word so many times. You know the word. You need to serve. And it's like, okay, where do I serve at? So I serve with kids because they needed, they needed people. And I'm like, I don't want to serve with the kids. I always serve with the kids. I want to do adults. But God's like, you serve with the kids. They need your help. And every time I go, I am blessed. The kids make me feel, they, they fill my love tank. If you've ever done the five love languages, perfect. And the kids, I'm, I'm 60 now, and the kids are like my grandkids or something, and they just fill my love tank. So FPC for me is I get fed by serving. And so if you've never served, and nobody told me to do this, and you don't feel worthy about doing it, I never feel worthy about doing it. But you just do it, and you meet people, and the, the kids fill you with so much love. Awesome. Thanks, Tamara. Appreciate it. Who's next? Don't be shy. Make Nick work. So I found FBC through MAPS. Um, I was a new mom and I felt very lonely. Um, there's a lot of things about being a mom that you really don't know about before. You are a mom, then you wonder, am I the only one who feels this way? So I, um, 
I don't even know how I found out that FBC had maps, but I did. Um, I came here, I met Chelsea Ray and a whole host of other women, um, and I felt so welcomed, so loved. Um, we started coming here on Sundays. Um, now I help serve um, at the Iwana program. I help lead maps, and it's really helped me to feel God's love and to help share God's love with others. Awesome. Praise God. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate that. Kirsten. Hi. Um, so when I was a freshman in high school, my friend Lauren Pike brought me here, and I never stopped coming. Um, FBC has worked through my life by um, leading me to Christ, and it brought me all my friends in high school, honestly. Like, the whole youth group was my friends. And through that, I went to Spring Arbor, which is a... Uh-oh. Okay, it worked. Um, a Christian university, and now I'm a kindergarten teacher, and I try my best to be an example for my kindergartners, um, to see someone um, follow Christ, even though I can't just say, I can't talk about Christ because it's a public school, but I'm able to lead by example, hopefully. <laughs> For uh, FBC, one of the outreaches that this church has had for many years is playing uh, sports. And it was uh, years ago that uh, my wife and I had friends that said, hey, come play softball with our, our group, our church. And we were not Christians. We did not go to church. And so we started hanging out and, and playing softball and eventually uh, got uh, drawn to the church on Christmas Eve. And the last 24 and a half years of our family's life would be radically different had it not been for the love and kindness and caring that those people showed us. I started coming to FPC, I think it was eight, nine years ago. And uh, when I first started coming, I was like a, a kind of Christian, as I call it. And I was... Fresh out of Teen Challenge, if you don't know that what that is, it's a, a drug and alcohol abuse Christian program, basically. And I was like a fresh Christian, basically, and uh, came to FBC, and uh, I was just looking for some kind of deep, meaningful men's discipleship program. And that first service, Chris made this announcement saying, uh, Fight Club, and if you don't know what Fight Club is, it's this... I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like extreme intense. You can get kicked out of men's discipleship program, and it was exactly what I was looking for, and it was beautiful. Um, and that's, that's like one of ten stories that I could tell of FBC. So, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, I'm going to reflect back on the question you posed earlier about what would it look like if FBC wasn't here. Um, looking around the room and looking at first service when we attend, um, it means that we wouldn't have had all these wonderful people in our family church praying for our son. You know, it said whenever two or more are gathered, 
well, you look around, and how many people do we have here on any given Sunday? And I firmly believe that it's the prayers from everyone here and the grace of God that saved our son. And I'm very grateful. We are very grateful for that. And I don't know if that would have happened without FBC being here and supporting us. So thank you all. Um, well, for me, I actually gave my life to Christ uh, right around, like, fully started living him, you know, for him and stuff like that around August of 2020, 2021. And uh, for me, it was really hard because, you know, I was, you know, just coming off of, you know, um, really struggling with depression and anxiety and stuff like that, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts and stuff like that. And I just needed that place to where I could go and, you know, I wouldn't be judged. I wouldn't be looked at as, you know, um, less and stuff like that. I needed to be shown the love of Christ and stuff like that. And it's so needed, um, you know, for me because, you know, being in this place, you know, I didn't have to be ashamed of my past. I didn't have to be ashamed of what I was going through and stuff like that. And knowing that this place shows the love of Christ and stuff like that and knowing that whatever, you know, you guys are going through and stuff like that, you don't have to be ashamed because that's not who Jesus is. You know, he's not going to judge you. And unfortunately, like, I've been to a lot of churches who have, you know, kicked me out and looked at me different and stuff like that. Um, and it's unfortunate that we don't have a lot of churches who truly show the love of Christ. And I'm so grateful, you know, that um, God brought me here and stuff like that because I don't know where I would be, first of all, if it wasn't for him. And I don't know where I would be, you know, if it wasn't for this place, so. Anyone have it? That prompting, that, Dan's got that, awesome. Hi, my name is Daniel Knobloch, and uh, this is my lovely family, and I'll try to be concise and uh, brief, I may fail. Uh, I've come a long ways in my journey with Christ, was raised in a Lutheran church, um, somewhere along the way, because my earthly father was not the nicest man. I reattached in a relationship with a man that I loved in New York City, and he became my earthly father, and some level became my heavenly father. He mentored me for years, he loved me well, and somewhere along the way he taught me that Jesus Christ was not real. And that was just of man, and I really lost my way and lost my faith. And for years, I've never, I never gave up the notion and gave up on God, but I, Christ was not real to me. And I've struggled over the years. Uh, I'm, in a, I'm in a profession that I retired from that God has shown me a better way, and I'm entering a new profession and a healing way. And the way God did this was that he brought um, very serious or potentially serious illness to two of my daughters in through discovering um, Dr. Sattel's practice in functional medicine, I was able to see that God can work in the field of medicine at a far a level that's far greater and more important and more healing 
than the profession that I'm leaving behind. And I learned through COVID the abject limitations of my former profession. I met in the fall early in COVID with Chris and some men out by a, a lake and got to know some of the men and, and Mark uh, Walker, Dr. Mark Walker, and I knew that these were the men that I needed to be with in my life. And as a result, um, you know, I went away for a couple years and practiced medicine with Indian Health. Again, God preparing me for where I'm at now. I was part of a, um, uh, what kind of church is it? Uh, where it, it, they're very, very excited. They yell and they jump around and they're laying on the floor and rolling around. And I saw one man lay on the floor the entire service because God was working with him. Charismatic, yes. Yeah, so I was part of a charismatic church. Loved it. It was wonderful. The power of God was real there. And yet, here I am at Faith Baptist. This, this is my third FBC. I've had a Faith Baptist, I had a Family Bible Church, and this is Family Bible Church number two. This is my third FBC in the journey. Um, and this has become my home. This is, where, this is where I belong. And through the men that I'm meeting, I'm being mentored by Dave Smith now. I'm having a wonderful Monday morning um, session with him. I'm learning that it's about my heavenly father. My earthly father was who he was, and he did his best. But really, I need to rely on my Heavenly Father. And I'm learning again about who Christ is and what he's done for me and my family. And I'm completely changing. I'm a work in progress. I'm not perfect. I pray for humility almost every day. And God is giving it. I pray to be of service to God for his glory. And he's putting me to work and being of service. My oldest sister now has uh, a stage four cancer, advanced Lyme. She's in very poor health. She's staying with us. And I don't know what to do, but God does. And he's putting me in this role as her care, one of her caretakers. And Carrie, I, may, I would say, is probably her main caretaker. But I can't do this, but he's giving me and us the strength to walk boldly in faith and to do his work. And I don't have to know, and I don't have to be... I just have to be willing. And Faith Family Bible Church, I was with Faith Baptist Church a long time. Family Bible Church has provided me an opportunity to be me in Christ, and maybe for the first time in my life. And one thing I remember from the Lutheran Church is restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And God is doing that. He's restoring the joy of my salvation. Amen. Praise God. I love what was just shared. Uh, thinking of the different impact, and uh, whether it's kids or adults or um, family, whatever it may be, just go back to what Paul prayed. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory, not us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Let's pray. Father God, you are that God who does immeasurably more. 
Lord, it is for your glory and your name. Lord, I love what was just said there. It's about boldly stepping out in faith and doing what you have called us to do. And so, Lord, I pray that you would implant in us personally, God, that faith and that trust and that boldness. Lord, it's by your power and your will. And Lord, as a church, we pray that we would continue to do that exact same thing too. We would walk in that boldness of faith and do what you call us to do. And so, merciful Father, we're so grateful for, Lord, the, the church of Jesus Christ, God, throughout the world. Lord, those who follow you as Lord and Savior. And God, thanks that we get to do um, a work here, um, here in Marshall, and in our neighboring communities, and the places that we impact in the world as well. So Lord, thank you for uh, the calling that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I pray that we would continue to walk in your ways. Lord, trust in you. God, send us in the, the, into the places, our homes, our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, our teams. Lord, to be that light. We're so, so grateful. Lord, thank you that you are the God that does immeasurably more. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.